Good morning, everyone. It is a joy to be here sharing with you today. For those who don't know, my name is Debbie. Uh, I'm Glenn's better half? I don't know. <laughs> other half. Other, like, <laughs> other half. And uh, we've been attending here at New Hope Kingston for almost two years now. It's hard to believe that it's been that long. Prior to that, uh, we pastored together for about 15 years. Um, and it's just an honor for me to be here. Thank you, Pastors Dave and Melissa, for inviting me to share the word this morning. It's a huge honor and a responsibility that I don't take lightly. And my prayer today is that my words are going to completely disappear. And the message for each one of us, myself included, from God, uh, will come through loud and clear. Have you ever been loud and clear like the ring that's happening a little bit, but they're working on that, so just be patient and I'm gonna keep talking because otherwise they can't fix it if I'm not making noise. Have you ever been in a relationship or a situation that left you feeling drained? Or look, everybody's nodding and I'm only in the first <laughs> sentence. Okay, this is good. Uh, drained or unheard, uh, maybe even taken advantage of. I had a job one time that made me feel this way. Uh, the work itself was not stressful at all, but the atmosphere there was really toxic. Um, I tried to address some of the issues, but nothing ever changed, and I ended up even more frustrated than before. I even ended up with hives due to the stress that I was under. Believe it or not, that's a thing that I found out about. Uh, now contrast that with when you get into a situation or a conversation with someone who's actually interested in dialogue, that give and take. Listening in a way that makes you feel like you're being heard and understood. Some of you may know that I am the assistant director at Valley Care Pregnancy Center in Kentville, uh, a ministry organization reaching out to women facing unplanned pregnancies. And I have the opportunity to work really closely with about 10 volunteers. We're pretty much volunteer run. And one of these ladies identifies herself as being a new believer. But I tell you, she is one of the hungriest people that I have ever met. Uh, and her knowledge outweighs um, some that I've met who've been following the Lord for a lot longer. She has questions that she brings every week from what she's been reading in the Word. She's hungry to understand, and she just soaks up Scripture and the principles of God's kingdom like a sponge. And I know that when she asks me a question, she's really listening. She's really listening. What a joy it is to have a friendship like that or a work environment with people like that. I'm sure that you can each relate to both of those experiences, being with someone who does not listen versus the fulfillment of a two-way conversation, an ebb and flow, give and take, listening and sharing, learning from each other, whether that's in a friendship, in a workplace, or in a family environment. Today we're gonna be looking at Acts chapter 18 and more of Paul's missionary journeys. And in this chapter, Paul finishes his second missionary journey when he goes to Jerusalem and then heads home to Antioch and begins his next journey almost immediately. 
I encourage you to read the entirety of Paul's journeys in Acts on your own as we work through his travels in this summer road trip series. Now, I'm a firm believer that the Word of God not only tells us historical evidence or events, historical events and ways that God moved then, but there are lessons that he wants us to learn today. God's Word can speak to us today. One thing to keep in mind when we look at the highlights of Paul's travels is that, yes, Romans 1.1 tells us he was chosen by God to be an apostle and sent out to preach his good news. But keep in mind, so are we. Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20, says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have get I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So as we look at the word today, every day really, I want to see what we can learn and apply from Paul's travels and experiences in our journey of being disciples of Jesus who make disciples of Jesus. Now, I found it interesting when I was studying this chapter, Acts 18, that it describes interactions with others, not unlike those two situations that I described earlier from my own life. So let's take a look together at Acts chapter 18. We're going to start with verses 1 to 6. It says, Then Paul left Athens and went to Corinth, and there he became acquainted with a Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently arrived from Italy with his wife Priscilla. And we're going to come back to Aquila and Priscilla in just a little while. They left Italy when Claudius Caesar deported all Jews from Rome. Paul lived and worked with them, for they were tent makers just as he was. Each Sabbath found Paul at the synagogue trying to convince the Jews and Greeks alike. And after Silas and Timothy came down from Macedonia, Paul spent all of his time preaching the word. He testified to the Jews that Jesus was the Messiah. But when they opposed and insulted him, Paul shook the dust from his clothes and said, your blood is upon your own heads. I'm innocent. From now on, I will go preach to the Gentiles. Now, Paul was a Jew. They called him the Pharisee of Pharisees, who persecuted Christians in his zeal for Judaism and the traditions of his ancestors. Then Paul had this supernatural encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus and began preaching the gospel message throughout the entire region. And here in Corinth, he was met with opposition and insults. And the word says, Paul shook the dust from his clothes. This was a practice of the Jews of that day that as they returned from traveling in a Gentile region, they would shake the dust off of their clothes and off of their feet so as to not bring heathen soil into Judea. When Jesus was sending out the 12 disciples, he told them in Matthew 10, 14, if any household or town refuses to welcome you or listen to your message, Shake its dust from your feet as you leave. So shaking the dust off is the equivalent of like today, like I'm washing my hands of it. It's no longer my responsibility. So my first point today is sometimes it's okay to walk away. 
Tell me that I am not the only one who has tried to hold on to someone or something for way too long, like way beyond uh, the point when we knew we shouldn't. I stayed in that toxic job situation for what felt like forever, and I was literally becoming physically sick because of it. There came a point uh, through counsel from my husband uh, and help of a great counselor that I realized it's okay to walk away. Maybe you're in a similar work situation or maybe it's a dating relationship and you realize that the two of you are on completely different paths in life, uh, career, value, spiritual walk. Or maybe it's a friendship that you realize is more dragging you down rather than lifting you up. Holding on for the sake of having something to hold on to is never a good idea. Can I say that again? Holding on for the sake of having something to hold on to is never a good idea. It's a dangerous situation. It's okay to walk away. Maybe you've been trying to witness to a friend or a family member, but you've met with opposition or insults or even refusal to listen. Sometimes it's okay to walk away. It can be heartbreaking, but it's okay. We're responsible for our obedience to God, for sharing the gospel when we have an opportunity, but we're not responsible for the results of that obedience. We can leave those results up to the Holy Spirit and trust him to continue working in others' lives. I felt wrecked to leave that toxic, I mean, I felt happy to leave that toxic job, but in other ways, I felt wrecked to leave it because there was a couple of coworkers that I had been sharing with about this abundant life that we can have uh, in Christ, but I hadn't seen any results yet. And the opposition wasn't coming from them. And I also wasn't receiving opposition because of my faith. But there was opposition. And I learned that it was okay to walk away. We read the Great Commission from Matthew 28, and it says that we're to go into all the world and make disciples. But there are times when we know that we have been obedient in sharing, that it's okay to walk away and leave the results up to God because ultimately he's the one in control. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 to 8. And this is Paul speaking. And he said, I planted the seed in your hearts and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters together work together with the same purpose and both will be rewarded for their hard work. This is Paul's first letter to the church in Corinth. And remember that that's where he's at in Acts 18, the scripture that we're looking at today. He knows this church really well. And some of the people in that church may even remember when Paul met with that opposition in the synagogue and had to shake the dust from his clothes. And he's reminding them and us that we must be obedient to whatever God's called us to. But because the results are not up to us, they're up to God. It's okay to walk away sometimes. God's in control. Is this okay? Good. 
Let's get back into Acts 18 again. We're going to look at verses 9 to 11. One night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision and told him, Don't be afraid. Speak out. Don't be silent. For I am with you and no one will attack and harm you. For many people in this city belong to me. So Paul stayed there for the next year and a half teaching the word of God. It's point number one, it's okay to walk away. Point number two, it's okay to walk away unless it's not. <laughs> this makes me smile. Paul gets insulted and opposed. He shakes the dust off. The responsibility is no longer his. And then God says, whoa, hold on, you are not done here yet. Paul's still in the city of Corinth. He's declared that he's giving up on the Jews and he's going to focus on the Gentiles. And then Jesus comes to him in a vision and tells him he has got to keep going. Sometimes, even though we have good reasons to walk away, God wants us to persevere. I walked away from that toxic workplace and God didn't call me back there, thankfully. Um... There have been other times in my life when I would have loved to walk away, but God didn't allow me. Difficult situations, um, awkward situations, hard relationships. I remember one time Glenn and I were pastoring. Uh, we were running a small group ministry at our church, and the groups all met on the same night. We all sat together, watched the same video, and then broke off into small groups uh, to, to discuss the lesson. And this one night, a man who was recently separated from his wife came with his new girlfriend. And there were many reasons on many levels that this wasn't good. <laughs> and, and as leaders, it sure would have been nice to walk away. It really would have just been nice to go home that night and go, oh, wow, okay, new day tomorrow. Let's keep going. But God didn't want us to walk away from that one or ignore what happened. We ended up, we apologized to the group leaders that, that uh, ultimately as their leaders that we had allowed that to happen. We apologized to the group members who needed to sit there uh, through that. We sat this man down and we explained why this wasn't okay. And we laid out some ground rules about, okay, if you want to be here and, uh, and if she wants to be here, then this is how this is gonna happen. That was not easy. But it was one of those situations where we wanted to walk away, but God went, oh, no, no, you are not done here yet. <laughs> when God has called you to something, whether it is sharing the gospel with friends, neighbors, family, whether it's leading in your workplace with Christian integrity, whether it's loving someone who others might deem unlovable, there will be times that you will want to walk away. But if God has called you to it, he will see you through it. Jesus told Paul, don't be afraid. Speak out. Don't be silent, for I am with you. It's okay to walk away unless it's not. An interesting turn of events in my toxic workplace situation story, uh, I mentioned that I didn't want to walk away from that even though I needed to, but it was because of these two coworkers that I really felt called to witness to uh, and share with. I did quit. Two years later, I see one of them, and he mentioned that he was branching out on his own, opening his own place, and he offered me a job. Um, 
I said, I need to talk to Glenn about it. And Glenn went, why are you talking to me about this? You know this is a good thing. Um, so I went to work with him again. And not only that, but that other coworker also left that workplace uh, and came and worked with us as well. So it was just, it was just a God thing. It really was a God thing. Sometimes when we must walk away and shake the dust off of our clothes, God restores that opportunity. I ended up working with the two of them for another three years after that. After the Lord spoke to Paul, he ended up staying in Corinth for another year and a half, sharing the gospel, strengthening the church, and encouraging the believers. And even though he said, I'm not going to... Uh, you know, speak to the Jews anymore, only the Gentiles, the scripture tells us that he did minister to Jews again. It's okay to walk away unless it's not. And can I just mention, if you're married, and when I'm talking about difficult situations, your mind is going to your spouse. Chances are high that God is not telling you to walk away. There are a few situations where I believe it is okay to walk away from a marriage, but I want to encourage you that if you are not sure if your situation is one of those situations, please to talk to somebody. Myself, Pastors Dave and Melissa, your Hope Huddle leader, a good Christian counselor, we all want your marriage, our marriages, to be strong, healthy, thriving, fulfilling, loving relationships. And if it's not, we want to help you find help. It's okay to walk away unless it's not. Okay? Okay. Let's go back to Acts 18. Paul stayed in Corinth for about another year and a half, sailing on to Ephesus, taking Priscilla and Aquila with him. You remember them from before. While there, Paul reasoned with the Jews in the synagogue. This is one of those examples. He said, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. It says right here he did. And they wanted him to stay, but he sailed on saying that he would come back another time. Now, Paul sailed, sailed on, but I want us to stop and stay in Ephesus with Priscilla and Aquila to see what happens there. You'll remember Priscilla and Aquila from the first few verses. They were tent makers or leather workers that Paul stayed with when he got to Corinth. And I want us to look at an encounter that they have with Apollos. This is the same Apollos that Paul was talking about in 1 Corinthians, where Paul describes him as God's servant, bringing people to belief in Christ. So Acts chapter 18, verses 24 to 26. It says, Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, an eloquent speaker who knew the scriptures well, had arrived in Ephesus from Alexandria in Egypt. He had been taught the way of the Lord, and he taught others about Jesus with an enthusiastic spirit and with accuracy. However, he only knew about John's baptism. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him preaching boldly in the synagogue, they took him aside and explained the way of God even more accurately. So, so far we've learned today, or I have learned, it's okay to walk away. It's okay to walk away unless it's not because the Lord tells you to stay. And lastly, it's okay to walk away unless it's not 
Now, I know this sounds an awful lot like point number two, but bear with me. Apollos was eloquent. He knew the scriptures. He was educated in the way of the Lord. He taught with an enthusiastic spirit and with accuracy. Those are pretty high credentials right there. Aquila and Priscilla were leather workers. They might not have been eloquent or even educated, but Apollos didn't look at this couple and say, whoa, who are you to speak to me? When they took him aside and explained the way of God even more accurately. He went aside with them and learned so much more about Jesus and the way. He had been teaching with accuracy, but he only knew John's baptism. John's baptism was one of repentance. In Jewish law, a sin was atoned for with a sacrifice. But John preached that we must repent and turn from our sins. Apollos wasn't wrong in what he was teaching. He just didn't have the full knowledge of Jesus' death and resurrection. That once and for all, the ultimate sacrifice had been made. Priscilla and Aquila explained, explained this to him, and he went on to preach and teach in many places. How many times do we decide who gets to speak into our lives based on someone's achievements or positions or degrees hanging on an office wall or because they can speak eloquently about a topic? You see, sometimes it's okay to walk away from a difficult situation from an encounter where we're being opposed and insulted like Paul was, unless it's not, and the Lord tells you, like he did Paul, to stay, and that he'll be with you and no one will harm you. Or unless it's not, because we're not teachable. Am I teachable today? There's a quote that says, true humility is staying teachable, regardless of how much you already know. True humility is staying teachable regardless of how much you already know. Are we still teachable? Am I willing to listen to others and learn from them regardless of who they are or where they come from? There have been times in my life when someone comes to speak to me and I immediately bristle up. I'm just human and I'm expecting to be opposed or insulted, or I'm already preparing to walk away. I'm already of a mind not to listen, sometimes because I think I know better, sometimes because I think I'm right. That happens quite often, <laughs> and I admit it. And sometimes because I don't think I have time to listen. And sometimes it's because I think someone's gonna correct me, and that's not usually comfortable for me, or maybe anybody. I struggle with being a people pleaser and I hate to have somebody disappointed in me or see me as lacking or needing correction. Sometimes it's okay to walk away unless it's not because we're not being teachable. Ouch. Apollos could have felt corrected by Priscilla and Aquila as they explained the, word of, the way of God more accurately, but I would guess not. I believe that Apollos had a teachable attitude. His ministry was remarkable, re, that was difficult, remarkable enough to be recorded in the book of Acts, 
1 Corinthians, and Titus. I believe that he received their teaching and embraced what they shared with him. The last part of Acts chapter 18, verses 27 and 28. It says, Apollos had been thinking about going to Achaia, and the brothers and sisters in Ephesus encouraged him to go. They wrote to the believers in Achaia, asking them to welcome him. When he arrived there, he proved to be of great benefit to those who by God's grace had believed. He refuted the Jews with powerful arguments in public debate. Using the scriptures, he explained to them that Jesus was the Messiah. I'm so glad that Apollos did not walk away from Aquila and Priscilla. It's okay to walk away unless it's not. Paul was walking away from people who were unteachable. They wouldn't listen. They insulted and opposed him. Apollos did not walk away from Aquila and Priscilla thinking their list of credentials wasn't as long as his, and he wasn't afraid of being corrected. And because Apollos was humble and teachable, Priscilla and Aquila didn't walk away from him either. Over the past year or so, I have had pretty cool aha moments. You know what I mean? Aha. When you're reading the scripture or whatever. Aha. In my understanding of scripture, mostly during discussions with new believers. Those ones like I described earlier that are just so hungry to learn. Whether it's one of my volunteers at work or one of our friends in our Hope Huddle. And I have been better equipped for ministry and for life by not walking away from some tough conversations that I'd been dreading, assuming that I knew it was correction to me even before the conversation even happened, or believing that I didn't need any corrections. The neat ending to this story from my toxic workplace, I was able to work with these these two individuals that God had led me to share with for another three years. Uh, And when we left to move back to the valley a couple of years ago, I I didn't see a lot of growth or hunger in either one of them. But a few months ago, Glenn and I went back to the city uh, for a weekend away, and we were in a coffee shop there. And lo and behold, another member of staff from those three years in that second location was there at the coffee shop. And during our time working together, Glenn had had the opportunity to come with me to some staff parties and get-togethers, and he had gotten into conversation with this young man a few different times, um, just about some things of God, some things in life. This guy was searching. Well, fast forward to just a few months ago when we met him in this coffee shop, and he made a point of coming over and wanted us to know that last Christmas, he started going to church. And, uh, and he's still going. The only reason that he has missed a Sunday at his church was because two or three weeks ago, Glenn was preaching in Halifax at our previous church, and he wanted to come and, uh, and be with us and hear Glenn preach there. You don't know what God's going to do, even if you do walk away. And especially if you stay when he's told you to. I'm going to get Alex to come back, and uh, I'm going to do something a little bit different today. Um, yeah, yeah. 
just says he's going to play something. I don't care what. Back there. Um, just to make us not feel quite as awkward or uncomfortable, I'm just going to ask everybody to stand. I want to pray with you. Um, but just before I do, I want to ask some questions. And maybe as I do this, if you just want to close your eyes or bow your heads, not because it's anything super spiritual, but it just gives us a little bit of privacy, um, helps us to kind of focus on God and maybe what he's doing in our hearts right now. I've talked about a few different things today about when it's okay to walk away and how sometimes it's not. But maybe today you've realized that there's a situation that you're in that it is okay to walk away from. It could be a difficult workplace like I found myself in or a toxic relationship. Maybe you've been trying to shine your light, be a witness, share the gospel, but there are others in that situation that are insulting or opposing you. If that's you today, nobody looking around, just, just lift your hand just a little bit just so I can see it, just so I can pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. My word for you today is really pray about it and then shake the dust from your feet. Sometimes it's okay to walk away unless it's not. Maybe you've been trying to witness to a family member or a friend, sharing the love of God, the full abundant life that he has planned for us, and it seems like they are farther from God now than ever before, and you want to walk away. I encourage you to hold on. Maybe God isn't finished yet. If that resonates with you today, just lift your hand, let me see, just so I can pray for you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, so many hands. My word for you today, don't be afraid. Speak out, don't be silent. For the Lord is with you and no one will attack and harm you. For many people in this city belong to him. Maybe today you realize that you've been unteachable. Maybe you've figuratively or literally walked away from someone who might have had a word from the Lord for you or who would have brought greater understanding to your walk or your ministry. And again, if that's you, just wave your hand so that I can pray. Thank you. Word today from 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 says, Finally, all of you should be of one mind. Sympathize with each other. Love each other as brothers and sisters. Be tender-hearted, and keep a humble or teachable attitude. God, I thank you for your word today. God, I thank you that, that you're here in this place, Lord. God, and we acknowledge that sometimes there are difficult situations in our lives difficult relationships. God, that we would just love to walk away from. And God, I just pray today that you would bring wisdom, 
Lord, in helping us to discern whether those are relationships that it's okay to shake the dust off and walk away from, or God, whether you're telling us to stay there, that our work isn't done yet, that you, through the Holy Spirit, God, still want to do something in those situations. And God, for those of us that maybe realize that there's times that we're not teachable, God, that we've been a little bit too proud, a little bit too arrogant, that we, we don't listen well. God, help us to learn. Help us to, to see others, Lord, as a source of wisdom from you. Help us to be teachable, God. God, I pray that you would empower your people. Lord, you have called us to go out and to make disciples. God, but it is messy out there sometimes. God, give us the strength to persevere. God, I just pray a blessing on your people today. God, help us to carry your word today into our Monday and our Tuesday and our Wednesday when we're encountering some of that opposition. Lord, we surrender to you, for you are good. And God, we leave the results up to you, but help us to be obedient, Lord. In your name we pray, amen.